The following program is intended for mature audiences. All right, you primitive screwheads, listen up. Let's talk football. Let's talk football. The one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. Been a lot of complaints already. Bad language, smoking grass. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. All right, then. Might as well do one of these since you're getting complaints and requests. And Yeah, man. Apparently, we Get on the ball, guys. step Come away on. for a hot second and all hell breaks loose in the sports world. And Well, I'll, I'll take the blame. I, you know, I, had, I had a birthday dinner that night. Yep. I, I couldn't, couldn't make the show. And, and then, then uh, you had games. And, and then the next night you fell asleep. Yeah. yeah. He just said, forget it. Get it. That's right, because everything would have been outdated anyway. I'm kind of glad that last week was a skip because now you get to we get to talk about everything that has happened in a cumulative yeah. effort. Right, right. Because there is a well, lot and, and I think the dramatics are high. And I think probably for both of us, you know, when stuff like that hits, you kind of get uh you, you, you get a you get a quick opinion. Right. And then you kind of tend to stick to it. We're, you know, we yeah, we're able to kind of have watched this whole thing play out. Of course, we're talking about the the Packers and these Just these interviews and stuff. Everything, but, um, numerous yeah, articles. It seems like it's wild, man. The uh, the press is camped out, and that's the nationwide people. Well, I liked your commentary this morning and, and the way you started it. Of you know, the Brewers are coming off a great season and have huge hopes. The Bucks, the best season they've had in. in Almost forty years, got a chance to make the finals, and what are we? What's everybody what talking, are we talking about? about? We're talking about this is dumb. Two two guys with big egos that are allegedly fighting with each other. I mean, it's really just stupid. Yeah. Well, so, but it is something to talk about. Yes, it is the intentional foul. We are back. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for subscribing. If uh, you have done so, if not, there is always an opportunity for you. Yes, do it. Why not? Follow us it's on free. What the hell on Twitter and uh, nobody will make funny. I just don't tell them. <laughs> When they, if they see it on your phone, just go, I don't know. I've listened to these two jokers. Some referee podcast. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what it is. Dan and Josh back with you talking about the NFL. We will get to uh, the Bucks and some retirements. College Hoops tournament uh, is over. Brewers uh, out, uh, out on the West Coast. And then the Masters set to kick off uh, on Thursday as well. So there is some stuff to cover, but the uh, I'm not going to say more pressing issue because... I, I really don't think there's anything pressing about it. It's just now a matter a matter of it's just yeah, it's just dirty laundry. Who's going to throw the next stone and where is it going to land? Is it going to break any glass? I mean, it's I don't know because first you had the Mike McCarthy interview come out with Rob Domofsky. Rob apparently went to his house from ESPN and talked to him, and it was the first sit down that he's had since he was fired with four weeks to go in the season after a probably the worst loss. Uh, in recent memory, at home against the team that's now going to be picking first in the NFL draft to the Arizona Cardinals, he gets booted, and he talks about how the whole process played out, some memories and moving forward and all that. Then you've got a Bleach Report article by Tyler Dunn, who quotes a lot of anonymous sources along with Greg Jennings and Jermichael Finley just completely crushing Aaron Rodgers' character and leadership ability. 
And then a couple of days after that, you've got Rodgers going on Wildian Tausch in, on ESPN Wisconsin to basically shoot down the whole thing. So that's a lot mm-hmm. in about a week, yeah. a span of a week. Yeah. Well, let's start. It's start a lot of he said, she said. Start, I know. Start with the McCarthy stuff. I mean, I, I didn't think there was anything in there that was like um, earth shattering. Ba- bad. No. Like I didn't think. You know, he he expressed his disappointment. He expressed his surprise in getting fired during the season. I thought that was. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, that's you. fine. Go ahead. And uh, and then he expressed his disappointment at how it, it was handled. Yes. I thought, really, other than that, I thought it was a pretty vanilla yeah. interview. Yep. I didn't take a lot from it. No, I thought he was just checking in. What The main thing that I took away from the McCarthy interview, and I think I said this right after it happened, was I, was I surprised that he got fired? No. Right. Was I surprised that they pulled the trigger? Yes. Because I didn't think they would do it. I'm not saying that he didn't deserve it at the time. Because, let's face it, in the in the cluster of a season that it was, and then that home loss, I mean, honestly, it couldn't get any worse at that point. Cut your losses. Find some time to move forward and plan some stuff and maybe just, I mean, you're, you were in, albeit a small chance, you were in a playoff race. That killed you. Killed you, lost to the worst team in the league at home. I, and I I guess from my perspective, hearing about his, how it blindsided him and how it's like, really? To me, nobody has that kind of job security, whether you've been there 13 years or not. If things go bad, you got to be held accountable. And I just, it seemed like he had a little bit of blinders on to what was going on. And he just did, there wasn't a whole lot of, self-realization like man this is pretty freaking putrid well that's just my opinion i I think if you're i'm gonna put myself in his shoes you know i you and i talked about it during this i mean what did he get fired like after was that like week 13 something like that four weeks there there were four games left okay so it was week 13 he gets fired i thought I had said if you were going to fire him, I would have fired him after the Seattle game, which mm-hmm, was right. two or three weeks earlier, because at that point, you still there was still a lot of opportunity left to make the playoffs. Firing him with four games to go when you're really, really behind the eight ball anyway. You know, I think he felt, and to an outside non-Packer fan observer, I felt they kind of scapegoated him a little bit, and they were like, well, look, you know, we're you're you're the reason we're I don't even know what their record was at the time yeah, six and matter, eight or sure. whatever it was, it was five and seven. Yeah. Um it, where it was it was a it was a lot of stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I and I think in the second article, I think more that picture was painted a little more. There was a lot of stuff going on. And you know, and you and I talked about it again at the time when he got fired. Um is there a right way and a wrong way to fire a guy? I think yes. I think that you show a guy that is put in that much blood, sweat, and tears and, and hours away from their family, I think you, you you have every right to fire them, but I don't think in that situation, it sounded like it was a pack up your shit and get out of here. You're done. Ah, I, I think he deserved and I think he earned better than that. I don't think... Just my opinion. I don't think that anybody deserves more than what's coming to them, I guess, just because of... 
where they've been longevity and what they've done because you're, I mean, we see it all the time in sports. You are part of an organization. They have you there to win. Mm -hmm. And if you're not winning, they don't need you anymore. Like deserves got nothing to do with it in my opinion, but I, that's for job security purposes alone. How you handle that, you, I think you're right, is a lot different than actually making sure that it happens. Well, and again, we don't know no. that maybe McCarthy and, and uh, Murphy don't get along. And maybe they've had prior... We don't know What that. I took from that article was that it was very cold, mm -hmm. very impersonal, and... It was a 100% business decision yes. on on Murphy's part and he took he did not take into account at all that there was people involved is there, what it sounded there like there was no bedside manner right none right. it was just we need to make a coaching change we can't let this go any farther so and, your and look, services are if, no longer needed if that's the way you run your business or your team fine mm -hmm. i just think from McCarthy's standpoint he's looking at that going well that, that was kind of a dick move. Fire me if you want to, but treat me with some sort of respect. Yeah, I I mean, I don't know the ins and outs of that other than what was in the article. Right. And I, I think that's the first time that he got that. But uh, that's the first time we've heard him say anything right. since he chased the referees out of the gym up north. <laughs> what school was it? Was that Preble? I don't remember. Was that Preble? That might have been, yeah. <laughs> I was... Honestly, when I was reading that whole thing, when it, when I when I heard that he did the sit down because he had posted on Twitter like tomorrow, big thing with Mike McCarthy first sit, sit down, blah blah blah. And my first thought not was not even of the firing or how's he doing or what's he gonna do. It's like I wonder if Rob's gonna ask him about that high school game. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't. No, he didn't. Or, or he did and he didn't print it. Well, he, McCarthy had been yelling at referees for thirteen years, and then all of a sudden one day he just couldn't yell at him anymore. So he had to find some somewhere, <laughs> so and he did. He found him at the high school basketball he's game. Go to a high school game. Yeah. So yeah, and okay. So let's move to the Bleach Report thing because there's more on McCarthy there, and it has more to do with his relationship to the team, relationship to Aaron Rodgers, and it it didn't paint a very glowing picture of um, his personality either. Like it, it was. It was. I don't a, think it painted a good picture for anybody involved. I, I would agree with you. Organization, player, coach. I think they all, all came out kind of looking like Jesus Christ. What is going on up there? That's that would be an accurate reaction <laughs> to, <laughs> for, to everything. For whatever side you're on, whether you're on Rogers' side, whatever. I think you got to be going. If you're a Packer fan, like Jesus, what, well, no wonder we haven't made a Super Bowl in eight years. I mean, first off, reading all this, I'm. I don't know how many times I said, you've got to be kidding me. I mean, there's just, I'm not going to say it was outlandish, but there's a lot of claims and a lot of stories in there where you're like, what? There's some things in there that I'm, I'm with you. When I read them, I flat out didn't even believe that they took place. The the Murphy uh, Rogers conversation where he told them to, to don't not be, be the problem. I, I don't buy it. There's only two people in the room when it was said. Murphy and Rod Rogers. Rogers didn't tell you that, and I guarantee you Murphy didn't tell you that. Right. So I totally didn't believe that. And then the McCarthy massage thing, I, I'm just not buying that. Right. I, I'm not buying that. Well, and it, That's it's, too big of a thing for it to have never been even a whisper 
right. of before. Right. Now, all of a sudden, all this stuff comes out. Like, where's this tell-all? Right. Uh, you, you have the, or have you been hanging on to this information until the right time and just hoping that the pieces line up and now it all fits this narrative or this story or whatever you want to call it. It seemed a little bit too perfect to me. Not only that, but then you've got all the the current players that played for McCarthy that are now still on the team going like, what is the, he never missed a meeting. No, right, right. I don't remember him getting massages ever. He never talked about that. And for as personal a guy as it that a lot of the people said that McCarthy was about giving himself to the team and really investing his personal life and telling them stories, that just seems out of character to me. It does. And I think when you put something like that in a story, you know, again, you you forget this man's married and has kids. Mm -hmm. So if he's sneaking up the back door to go get some secret massage, most likely from a female, is this sexual in right. nature now all these other questions come up that have nothing to do with football become personal and you know really what are you going off of one anonymous guy's claim right some guy that might have got cut in week three yeah maybe he did miss a meeting once to get a massage maybe 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 he's on his back or oh. yet something like that but the, it made it like it was a repeated thing right he was never there he was always late and uh, yeah i just i'm not that didn't seem like it held much water. No. What other things did you take from the uh, from the Bleacher Report? Well, the anonymous source thing. You and I have gone back and forth on this yes, many times, and I've just flat out ninety nine percent of the time I just dismiss them out of hand. Okay. Um, if you're not willing to put your name on it, I don't really care what the context is. I mean, I know I heard somebody say something, oh, you know, if they hadn't had anonymous sources, they'd have never got Nixon. Right. Okay, well, that's fine. That was in the 70s. Right. It's not that now. When, when you were probably more afraid for your life. Exactly. Instead of maybe a job or maybe getting crucified in a right. locker room. Right. Like, so, no, nobody's life is on the line here. No. So that that stuff, I, I kind of dismissed. Um, the Jermichael Finley stuff, uh, for the most part, I don't take a lot of credence in that. Um, and we'll get to the Rogers interview, you know, talking about some bitter former players. I, I think that Jermichael Finley is just bitter in general. I do too, because his because career was cut short. Yes. I, and I think I, I understand. Oh, for sure. Um, but I that don't, I don't mean... think that gives you license to be no, able to take shots at people. I don't either. That, that helped you become and make the money that you were able to make. I mean, if let's face it, if Jermichael Finley's on the Dolphins, <laughs> who the hell's Jermichael Finley? Right. You know, um, the the one that I do take uh, to heart a little bit is is the stuff that Jennings, Jennings just said because he said it before and he's been consistent in what he said. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he told the story of uh, the year he was going to be a free agent. He was talking to Carlos Rogers on the 49ers, and Rogers went up and made the comment to Carlos Rogers of "You guys should sign Jennings." Right. And and that bothered Jennings. It offended him. He didn't know why Rogers would say something like that. Uh, he talked about the the first time they played the Vikings, and obviously he had come into the league and played with Favre for the first two or three years of his of his career, and they were yucking it up and 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 dapping it up or whatever on the field before the game, and that pissed Rogers off. Mm-hmm. Which I, I get that. I, I kind of can get that. Um, You're a competitive dude. Would you have sure. been? Would like, in, in a huge game against look, a rival? I, would you have been during always, warmups? Well, it, it, this is just where the world is so different well, now. Like, okay. 
I would have never talked to a guy I was competing against in warm-ups. So, I'll talk to you after the game. That's what I'm saying. But not before the game. Okay. Um, so those kind of things. Um, there was something else Jennings talked about, too, uh, that I don't remember off the top of my head. But, you know, th- those couple of instances. Um, oh, it, Jennings. A lot of people have said to Jennings, you know, why are you airing this? Why are you not talking to Rogers about it? And he said, and Apparently he said he before that he tried. Yep. He got blown off. Um, he, when he was calling a Packer game last year. So if that's true, well, then that's on Rodgers, and that's his bad. And you know what? Um, if you've got beef with somebody, the best thing to do is to hash it out, agree to disagree, and walk away. But to just blow a guy off who who is reaching out to you, um, you know, you could have said, yeah, I'll talk to you. I don't want no cameras there. Right. You know, uh, if, you, if your fear was that. But I think, again, you know... Um, I, I guess I go back to the whole on the field stuff that happened and and the against the the Niners and you know why don't you sign him or whatever he was a starter for five years he was his backup for two years uh, so he was he was in the locker room with the guy for seven years mm-hmm. he threw passes to him uh, quite often um, they made big plays together I don't know would it be possible that that Aaron just didn't like him. Absolutely. He, he either just didn't like his work ethic. 100%. Didn't, didn't like his personality, just didn't like him as a person. And so he just made it a point that, you know, you're my teammate. Fine. We're going to go make plays together. We're going to try to win ball games. But outside of that, I'm not, I don't really like you. From Jennings' perspective in the interview that I heard him do with Cowherd after this came out, mm-hmm. it doesn't, it, it certainly doesn't sound like that's the case from Jennings' perspective. He talked about having Rodgers over to his house. Okay, you know Rodgers playing with his kids. So you know that doesn't mean it's not a Rodgers AJ Hawk right relationship. But it seemed like they were cool and friends with each other. Then I guess I would want to know for both of them, and I and I don't know if I haven't listened to the Cowherd interview, and I don't really listen to anything Greg Jennings says normally. I would want to know that at what point did this all change? Like, what was the first thing that Jennings said, wow, what, what's different here? What's going on? Was it that thing against the Niners? Or was it after that? Like, where did this somehow go south? I, like, after that game, after the Niner game, I mean, did he go back to the locker and be like, dude, why did you say that? And did he say, I, we, you shouldn't be talking to those guys and we're trying to win a ball game and whatever. Like, I want more context to that rather than just this out of context, you you should go sign him. He's a free agent next year. Like, I want more I want more history than just taking this outside, putting it in a bubble and say, this defines a bad relationship that we have. Well, I think there's probably a little bit of, um, you know, Jennings has always said from everything I've heard, he, he wanted to stay, you know. Um, he told a story once. I don't remember who they were playing, uh, but whoever was defending him, whatever D-back it was, says to him, why are you running all these underneath routes? And Jennings is like, dude, I'm in a contract year. They don't want me throw, going deep and catching touchdowns because that raises the value of the contract. If, I, if I'm catching slants and, and I have 900 yards and four touchdowns versus the year they made the Super Bowl when he had like, 12 touchdowns and 1,300 yards. So his contention was that they were making him run different plays and run different routes so it wouldn't drive up his value. Yeah, and mm. it sounds like that's not like shocking to most players. Okay. 
I mean, we're you know we're not in the league. We no, don't, we don't we're know not. That, but, but but you know how you know how tight the league and some of these teams are with that sort of thing. But that that's odd to me that you wouldn't put one of your best guys in a position that would help you win. Well, I think and it more, was the, and more minimize. But you. I think his last year was the year they went fifteen and one, if I'm not mistaken. And like Greg Jennings, it, it, that team, it didn't matter. They were so talented okay. where you could get away with it a little bit. Right. But um, you know, I. So I don't know. I, you never take anything that Jennings says because you think he's bitter. I do um, because he wanted to stay, and then he signed with with the rival. I well, mean, that, that's who offered him a contract. I understand, but, but is, was that the only one? I'm sure, money, I, money talks, man, especially on that second deal. I guess, but it seems like when there's a league full of 31 other teams, that's and you're and you're a next door in division rival. That that all. That says something about your character to me, just personally. You want to get paid, fine, but you're gonna your immediate spot is to go right next door and compete against us. That's what I would do, hundred percent. If you cut me, you don't want me. Oh, I'll you go on bet a team I'm signing with the team that gets to play ass. you twice. Okay. Absolutely. All right. I think that's just being competitive. Okay. Now, I you know we'd have to go back and look and read and see who offered him deals. Who who, who knows? Okay. But um, I don't know. I I just. I, I I didn't really take it as Jennings was like trying to really kill him. Mm-hmm. I think he was telling the story from his perspective. I think Finley was a little more vindictive because he said things like he's a diva, he's petty, he got paid. He, it, like, Jennings didn't say that. He's questioned his leadership for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think it goes back to if you're the leader of the team and you're my quarterback, you're telling somebody else to sign me. Right, that, that, that we don't want you back. Yeah, right. Right. And maybe he didn't want him back. Maybe he didn't. That's probably still not the best way to handle no. that. No. Right. That that it gets so so blown out the way that it did. So Exactly. So I mean I don't know. I that that article came out like 10 days ago. I forgot half of it. <laughs> well, yeah. You know. Cuz it was the length of War and oh, Peace. Oh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it's like I, I tried so, to I, read it on my phone right. and I'm like, "No way. I got to get to it. I got to like, get to it." Where's the iPad. scroll? It's barely down from the top of the screen. I heard some people say I read half of it today. I have to save half for tomorrow. Yeah, it was because long. Because it's that, that long of a read. It was long. Um, so then Rodgers goes on, and that was surprising uh, to me because I didn't. I honestly didn't think he would speak publicly about it because that's to me that's not really the way he is unless he's asked in a room full of reporters. He wouldn't just go do an exclusive interview or what have you, but mm-hmm. then he goes on Wildey and Tausch and basically disputes the whole thing. Calling the writer, um, he didn't call him a hack. Called it, he? said it was a smear campaign. Yeah, um, maybe a hack job. Did he call him a hack? I, I, I don't can't. think he called him a hack, but smear job, hack well, I, job. I knew that. You know, um, looking to advance his career and whatnot. Right, and right. I mean, stories like that, they're written with an angle. You clearly have enough ammunition to to do that. Um, and I, and I guess if you're if you're not believing. Most of the article, except for a, a few quotes and a, and a few stories to to take in context, then I guess I don't have a problem with him disputing the whole thing. Because if you, if it's if you have a hard time believing that it's true, then the quarterback saying that it's not true, but none of it was true. I don't know about that. I mean, he, where, he, where he there's dod- smoke, there's fire. He and, dodged the McCarthy thing. You know, this has been. There's been a lot of stuff the last couple of years sure. out there about Rodgers and yep. his and his attitude. Mm-hmm. So to to dismiss it, you know, 
I like I said, I dismissed some of it, mm-hmm. but some of it I think is factual. Um, I thought that speaking of leadership, I thought his comments were ridiculous. Um, you're gonna go, and he has a pattern of doing this. Anytime anybody has ever said anything negative about Rodgers, he has attacked them personally. Uh, he did it with Mike Florio a couple of years ago. Florio said something, and Rodgers called him a, a joke and a hack and said, don't read his garbage. Now this guy all of a sudden is is a, is a smear mm-hmm. smear campaign and trying to advance his career. Um, well, what does he have to do for you, Aaron? I mean, their job as journalists is to write, the dig up the dirt and write it. Right. Um, so I think... Those kind of comments were were bad. The worst comment, though, to me, the irrelevant teammate comments directed at Finley and Jennings, mm-hmm. um, totally classless and out of line. Uh, terrible leadership. I mean, you're you're talking about two of the five guys that got you helped get you a ring on your offense. Uh, you went fifteen and one with them the following year. Um, to call to call anybody an irrelevant teammate, I think is is terrible. You would never hear Joe Montana, Tom Brady, Peyton Manning, anybody ever say anything like that. Even if a guy was trashing them, I just think you know. I understand Rogers was was in defense mode, and he kind of he kind of went straight politician on us. He went to he he was he pulled a Trump. I, he went I to he Cal went he went comments. to he went to Ohio yep. and he surrounded himself with a bunch of people, bunch Pe- of MAGA hat wearing people, and he said, "Boy, them oh those liberals are bad." And everybody went, "Yeah." And Rogers called up his little boy, hit Wildy, knew he was going to get total hundred percent softball questions, nothing probing. He got his got on his pulpit and got to say his piece. There was no follow up. Um. I think he would have been much better served to go on a Dan Patrick, a Rich Eisen, and do a national show. Because um, I think he played to his base. All the Packer fans that are also Rogers fans went, yeah, I believe him. Packer fans that aren't Roger fans are going, eh, I don't know. And everybody else is going, yeah, this is kind of who he is. So, I, you know, I, I think... His interview especially, it kind of depends on your perspective and what you kind of think of him already. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, it's one of those things where you can't criticize his play, right? He says you can't criticize his leadership. Okay, well, are you perfect? Are you an angel? Like, what can we talk about with you? We can't talk about your personal relationships, even though they're a mess. <laughs> we can't talk about your relationships with... Your coach, because now you're telling everybody that you love him. Where were you in week four? Why were you calling him out calling after out. the Buffalo and game? He said he regretted saying anything. But the damage was done. I understand. He went and talked to McCarthy. Why didn't you go? Why didn't you call Wildy that day and say I shouldn't have said that? I screwed up. Where where was that mea culpa? So a lot of that stuff, you know, it was a lot of butt covering and damage control. But again, I do believe him when he says there was no massages. Murphy never told him, don't be the problem. I, I totally 100% believe him in that stuff. Even his comment with, with the Jennings of, you should sign him, he says he was joking. I think that's 100% plausible that he was. Bad joke. Probably. 
from from well, Jennings' perspective, bad joke. Well, Rogers clear, was probably like, "Hey, why don't you guys sign him?" Well, and clearly, then it tells me that you didn't hash that out, and Jennings didn't say anything after that, and Rogers didn't tell him that he was joking. So, right. how do you have no communication after that, but you're still hanging on to that, mm-hmm. and you still? I mean, if it is, if it is a joke. How are you still hanging on to that? And that has not been cleared up since. Right. And I think like that, you know, that just doesn't make any sense to me. To like, it's, Gen- how many years has it been? But to tell Jennings to get over it, like when you're the wronged party, the wronger doesn't that's, get to no, tell you when to get right. over it. That that's the easy part to say. It, the other thing that he said that I 100 percent believe he, the, he was not holding a grudge against Mike McCarthy for 13 years because he didn't draft him. First of all, Mike McCarthy had no say in the I was draft. just going to say, was he the general manager? No, he wasn't even the was coach. Was he the offensive coordinator? No. He was like, the, I think he was the quarterback coach. Then how did he have, so, or did he, unless he specifically said, get this guy over that guy, that guy can't play. But again, I think all of that stuff was the anonymous source stuff. And that could have been you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, really, it could have been. It could have yeah. been me. Right. So... I don't know. There's there's things you believe, I believe. There's things I dismiss out of hand. I think at the end of the day, everybody can agree that the last couple years up there have been a shit show. I would agree. Um, I would it's, agree. It's probably cost them one title and maybe another opportunity to play for one just because of all the crap. I guess my bad thing, my I don't like dealing with any of this. I don't like reading it. I don't like hearing about it. I I, I don't like the sports drama. People thrive on this stuff, and it drives me crazy because this is why you've got the the Colin Cowherds that exist mm-hmm. because they latch onto this stuff and just make a whole hour out of it. Mm-hmm. It's the Skip Bayless generation that this is something that they can take and put their opinion on and then call a bunch of former teammates and just, I mean, just keep the cycle going. And it really drives me crazy because... There's a lot more important things to do than getting caught up in this crap. Oh, of course. Um, Of course. But what I will say is that he doesn't, that Aaron Rodgers does not handle public relations very well. No. If he was a PR manager for a company, he'd have been gone very, very early on in his career. And, and and as much as he is, people say that he's calculated in what he says and he thinks before he says it. I, I don't think he perceives how he is going to be looked at when he says and when he does things. It's clear right now because of the whole thing with his family. Maybe he just doesn't care. But if you don't care, then you're not going on a radio show to defend yourself and call all the people that are you know throwing stones at you names. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like there, there's this, there's this give and take that I just don't understand. Yeah, it's it's a little strange. Um, he he's you know again we've talked about it. He's very he's a thin skinned guy, and he is very calculating. He's passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Um, he's he's taken a lot of cues from LeBron James. <laughs> Even this latest, I had a broken leg. What? Mm-hmm. That's like when LeBron walked out last year after Game Four of the Finals with a cast on his hand mm-hmm. in the in the post game press conference and said, "Oh yeah, by the way, I broke my hand after Game One and right. I've been playing with a broken hand for three games." And then no one's ever talked about it again. It's like it didn't happen. Well, like come on, man, you had a broken leg and you're gonna just you're gonna well, tell me that in April? Here's here's the thing with that, and and this I actually believe because as somebody who has had 
a fracture in a bone in your leg, it's technically a broken leg. People think a broken leg, it's like there's a bone that snapped in half. That's not technically what it is. He was not saying anything during the season because he didn't want to reveal the type of injury that he had. I think he knew all along what the injury was. He never said it. People asked him afterwards, and he would not address it. And he said now he thought, yeah, I can tell you now because there's no point in in not saying anything that there is during the season. I, I mean, I think that's that's a choice that I don't have a problem with him making. He every nobody knew what the problem is. You have a knee injury. That's what it was. It's the same way that hockey has upper body injuries and lower body injuries. They don't want to be specific because they're afraid that somebody might take advantage of that. If you think you got a broke broken bone in your leg, you think guys aren't diving at your knee to put you out of the game? They're already diving at your knee though because they know you have a bad knee. Whether so, it's an MCL or so a, you or think a it, fracture, who it, cares? It, it wouldn't have made any difference. Why? The, these injury reports that the NFL, everybody well, knows who's hurt. That's that, Everybody yes. already knows. That's for gambling purposes. Everybody in the league knows who's hurt, and they already know what's wrong with them. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. kind of just seemed like an excuse. Like, and, and at this point, four months after the season, like, who cares? Well, I didn't, like, ask, wh- the, I didn't ask the like, question. Why? Like, why? But even so, but why... Tell the truth now. Well, you would. Why you, not tell the truth in your exit interview? Would you have crushed him if you would have said, "Yeah, I don't really want to talk about that. It's old news." No, no, no. Well, it's old. The season's over. Who cares? I don't care if he played on a torn ACL. He played. So what? I don't know. See, because then I think people would have said, "Well, the season is over. Why can't you say? Why can't you tell us?" Well, I, I mean, I, you're I, never going to please everybody. But I know, I mean, but I think you're kind of damned if you don't, damned if you do. That kind of thing. Uh, I, and that's just the route that he chose to take. I'm not. I'm not going to beat him up over that. Yeah, it just seemed it, it, as soon as he as soon as I heard he said it, I immediately I thought LeBron though. <laughs> I'm like that is a hundred percent LeBron move. Well, we didn't win and I didn't play great, but they, see, look at that. Look over here, guys. Well, hurt, he was wearing hurt. a brace for half the season, so I mean, it's what, not did his broken leg get better. Mm-hmm. And then he just kept playing. Well, Pretty like much. when did it stop being broken? I don't know. I didn't ask the questions. I wasn't in the room. Well, why not? That's your boy, Wildy. <laughs> get up there. Can I just stand in the corner <laughs> while you guys talk, and I'll hand you the questions. Hand All right, I've I had have. enough of that. Go ahead. That's let's, fine. Let's get off this. All right, let's go the one, to there actually was, there was one of the one... things that uh, that matters yeah. that's going on that's positive. Yeah. Um, You're wearing the hat. Yeah, Bucks 60 wins. Man. First time since the 80-81 season. Is this my, an my over, birth year. overachieving season for you? Is this what you expected? Well, I, I went back and listened to our preview. Okay. And I had said I thought they'd get 50 and maybe as high as 54 wins if things went right. So in my opinion, yeah. Okay. I never thought they'd get to 60 wins. I thought they had an opportunity to maybe fight for the 2-3 seed, uh, but I did not believe they would ever be the one seed. Um, Some things bounced their way. Boston had a lot of turmoil. Philly's still young, and I I didn't know that Kawhi Leonard was a part-time athlete. And was only going to play a third of the game. So, mm-hmm. um, it's been a really fun year, though, man. I mean, that game last Thursday against the Sixers on TNT mm-hmm. was phenomenal. Um, it was it was really old school from when we were kids, where it was two big guys in Embiid and Giannis yep. that were going at it blocking each other's shots, dunking on each other, hitting threes on each other. It was great. It was one of the best games I saw all year. Um, you could tell the Bucks wanted it bad. They played real hard. They came back late 
I think they went on like a 12-1 run to end the game, something like that, and uh, it, it it clinched home court for them. So that was a really, really cool win for the franchise and for that group of guys to be able to get that one, especially on the road against a team that, you know, you might see down the line. So, um, you know, and now heading into the playoffs in the East, one through five is set. Yep. You know, you got Milwaukee, Toronto, Philadelphia, Boston, Indiana, one through five, and then six through eight. Uh, Brooklyn and Orlando have clinched. Um, Detroit and Charlotte are battling up for the eight seed tonight, and there's the kind of depending on what goes on tonight is going to be who plays who. Those last three is what I read today that somebody could be the eight. Like Brooklyn can't drop down that far. I, I, yeah, right, right. What, what I read. Orlando, like if Orlando loses tonight and everybody else wins, they're eight. Okay. I think if Detroit wins and Orlando and Brooklyn win, they're eight. If everybody loses and Charlotte wins, they're eight. Okay. So there's there's a little bit of maneuvering. I think the probably just Detroit plays the Knicks tonight, who they'll probably beat by as much as they want because the Knicks are going to trot out a JV team. <laughs> so the Bucks will most likely be playing Detroit, which is good. They swept them 4-0 this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's a four- or five-game series, which would be nice. Get them a little rest, let Miritich and Brogdon and, and Snell and these guys kind of get a little extra rest for round two because if you're seeing Boston in round two, you got to be at full strength to beat that team. That's for certain. Hmm. Um, and then out west, all eight spots have been clinched uh, other than Golden State firmly entrenched at one. Every oh, yeah. other position is kind of in flux. Well, you remember when they started slow and people were all of a sudden like, oh, man, this is going, What? and everybody was, calm down. Yeah. This is fine. Yep. This is gonna. This is where they're going to be at the end. No ifs, ands, or buts, and that's the way it happens. Yeah, over an eighty-two game season like that, the talent eventually just kind of wins out. Um, so yeah, they end up right where they're at, and uh, should be a pretty fun playoff, man. I'm I'm looking forward to it. It starts Saturday. Uh, playoff basketball is is a lot of fun. Do all the rounds start on Saturday, or do they? Yeah, Saturday do they stagger them. There'll be a little bit. Well, there'll be. But there's four series in each. Yeah, so there'll so be four games Saturday, four games Sunday, okay, and then right. they kind of start to disperse right. a little bit. Uh, look for Brian Anderson. He'll be teaming up with Kevin McHale on one of the calls. He uh-huh. was he was talking the other night that he thinks he's going to get to do a couple of buck games. That would be nice. Just out of convenience, like let him sleep at home and, and yeah, all that kind right, of stuff. For sure. Um, okay. So now at the end of the year, you know, it's award season. Yes. Um, now, is this a homer pick for you, or you just think it's really, really honestly deserving? Oh, I think it's deserving. Okay. Um, my my personal picks, I I would have Giannis as MVP. I'd have Budenholzer Coach of the Year. I would have John Horst as Executive of the Year, and I would have Luka Doncic as the Rookie of the Year. Okay. I do think that Harden will win MVP. You do? I do. I think that there's too many people out there that have a vote that are stat nerds. And they look at the uh, the efficiency and the points and the and the three pointers and the free throws and all that stuff that that um, Harden is ahead of Giannis in. Okay, and I think they. I've I've also heard a lot of people. It, it's funny if you'd have said at the beginning of the year who has a better roster, Houston or Milwaukee, that people have well, what Houston. But now we get to the end of the year, and everybody's like, "Well, Giannis has all this help, right? He look wants, at look. I mean, look, look at how at these deep guys. they are. And it's like, yeah. well, wait a minute." Where were you at the beginning of the How does, season? That's that's yep. not exactly true. Well, you wait until a team posts 60 wins when they're not supposed to, and it's like, well, well maybe and, they... And that's supposed to get a guy credit for taking his team but to that. But it's the help. But it's they're calling it the help. 
The other argument they're using is Chris Paul missed like 20 games this year, and, and during that 20 games, Harden kind of went nuts and uh, and and kind of brought them. They were on the edge of the playoffs at the time and kind of brought them back into the forefront. Mm-hmm. Well, that's great, but Giannis has been without Brogdon for a month, Miritich for almost a month. Uh, they traded Thon. George Hill was hurt for like a month. I mean, all the Bucks have had a ton of injuries right. all year long, and they've been really banged up the last month of the season. So, but they kept on winning. Yeah, they did. Um, I, I obviously, I hope Giannis wins. I don't think he's gonna. That I think Budenholzer is a shoe in for, for the coach, coach of the, of the year. year. Yep. Um, I think the only two guys that can contend with him would be uh, Mike Malone in Denver um, okay. or Doc Rivers with the Clippers. All right. Um, executive yeah, I, of the year, I think it's. I, I don't know. Anybody that's even close to John Horst, um, Lopez, Urson, um, getting George Hill in the, in that in the trade, getting Miritich in a trade, even though he hasn't played much. Um, I was surprised to hear that one Lopez. I wasn't surprised to hear that Lopez is out tonight because tonight doesn't really matter mm-hmm. uh, against Oklahoma City as we record this. But if he would have started, he would have started every game. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty awesome, for a especially du- for a big dude. For a big dude and a big dude that has had a lot of seasons where he's missed games because, I mean, when you're that big, mm-hmm. these guys all have foot problems. Right. And he missed a lot, couple of you know, couple of years where he missed a lot of games with foot problems. So um, hopefully he'll be back next year. But my all-NBA team, uh, Curry, Harden, Giannis, Durant, and Jokic mm-hmm. at the center. Um, could be Embiid. I could, you could go either way on that. But okay. I thought that uh, the Nuggets had a pretty, pretty sweet year. So... Um, one thing that came out this week that was pretty interesting. I'm gonna pull it up on my phone here. Okay. I, I believe it was the Athletic came out with a player poll, and they asked players around the league various questions. Uh, you know, most overrated, who's best in the league, who should win MVP, things like that. And uh, I think I think it ended up being they polled like 30 percent of the league, so you know, about a quarter of the league. Okay. One of the questions was, who's the best player of all time? And seventy three. My favorite, favorite poll, favorite question, favorite debate. Seventy three percent of players asked said Jordan. Eleven point nine said LeBron. Ten point six said Kobe. One point seven had Kareem. So, very interesting that seventy three percent said Jordan, and I've and a lot of people have been arguing on LeBron's behalf that well, guys that played and are playing against him aren't going to say he's the greatest ever. Well, if you go back, Larry Bird, Magic Johnson, Charles Barkley, they all said it while they were playing yes. with Jordan. Um, Kobe almost being with I was LeBron. Just going to say the the percentage there is not far off. Tells you a lot though of how these guys are perceived, doesn't it? A little bit. I mean, Kobe. From outsiders was always he's kind of a jerk, he's yep. selfish. He wasn't a great teammate. He was greedy, and LeBron's kind of this team guy. But like players, they always say game recognized game, and like players knew Kobe. Like two minutes left, tie game. Who do you want to be facing, Kobe or LeBron? I'd rather play face LeBron because mm-hmm. Kobe's going to kill you, right? You know. Um, One point seven percent say Kareem. Nobody says Bird or Magic. That kind of puts the poll in a little bit of question for me because, I mean, you're talking about three of the seven best players of all time, and they're not even getting 2% of the vote. Uh, I mean, Kareem has almost 40,000 points. He won six MVPs and five titles. I mean, yeah, but if I guess if you're going to pick a player from that generation, 
He's with, kind the, of, with, with the Jordan Bird magic. Well, he was a little I mean, before. His prime was in the 70s. Right. He dominated the No, I the understand 70s. that. But I, I just thought it was, I mean, you can put magic in there? Like, really? <laughs> but mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I just found that it was interesting. They also had Westbrook and Draymond were the two most overrated players in the league. Really? Which is interesting considering, I agree with the Draymond thing. I think if he's on... Charlotte, he's just a dude with a big mouth. Um, <laughs> the Westbrook thing's interesting, though, because for the third year in a row, he's averaging a triple-double, right? which had only been done once prior in 61, I think, with Oscar Robertson. So for players to call him overrated when he's averaging a triple-double for the third year is interesting. It kind of leads you to believe that there's a little bit of credence to the stat chasing that he's been accused of. Um then last night, as I'm going to bed, oh man, I I, I, I get I an alert get on my until phone this morning. Yeah, Magic Johnson just quit. Quit. Didn't talk to anybody. No. Didn't tell anybody. Didn't give the owner a heads up. Didn't give anybody a heads up. Just uh, I think this is it. I mean, I I, I watched a little of the press conference yeah, last night. And he was going to break down or whatever, but well, I thought back to the conversation we had on here a couple of mo- maybe uh, six weeks ago. When he was getting fined for all that tampering, he got fined for talking right. about Giannis. Yep. He got fined for talking about Ben Simmons. Because these are former players talking about and play- players. I, yeah, and I had said it sucks because that Magic and Jordan and Bird can't talk about these guys because they're all affiliated with the teams. Right. He said that last night. Oh, he did. He said that he wishes that he could call and talk to Dwayne Wade last night. It was his last game in Miami, but or call Dirk. Can't do he it. Can't do it because guys are off limits. He, you know, he said that. But get, do you quit your fine. job for that? Well, I think it. I think at the end of the day, and I said it. He he had to stop being Magic and become Irvin to do that job. Right. It's too much fun being Magic, mm-hmm. man. Like, and not to mention the guy also owns the Dodgers. Right. Is like got like a hundred in some Starbucks and all these movie theaters and this billion dollar business that he owns. Um. He can't really talk about the game. Mm-hmm. He can only talk about LeBron, and I think that I think the whole LeBron thing wore him down. I think he was taking a lot of shit in L.A., where he's kind of a god, and he was taking a lot of grief for them sucking. He, he built that team. It was a poorly built team, and it got me thinking today. I think sometimes as fans of all sports. I don't think sometimes we appreciate how hard those jobs are to be a president of operations, to be a general manager of some of these teams where like, if you're going to have that job and I'll just use the NBA, if you're going to have that job and you want to go scout John Morant on Murray state, Mm -hmm. right? You're not going to scout him against Marquette in the tournament. You're going to scout him on a Tuesday in December and you got to go to Bumbleweeds, Kentucky, and watch him play against Ohio. Right. That's what you got to do. You got to get on a plane. How do you think the Bucks got Giannis? They didn't just take a flyer. No. John Hammond and his staff had been to Greece many, 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 many times to watch him play. You have to do that stuff. Same thing with baseball. These guys, they go to Japan and Korea mm-hmm. and South America and, and uh, they live Puerto the, Rico. They live on the road. Yeah, th- these guys are traveling. And, and then granted, David Stearns doesn't do a lot of that. He's got people under him that do that for him with the Brewers, but he's still got to go scout. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Magic Johnson was at the Final Four, and he was at the Elite Eight, but he's sitting with Izzo's wife wearing a Michigan State shirt, cheering for the Spartans. 
that's who he wants to be. Mm -hmm. And you know what? He said he wasn't happy. Everybody has the right to be happy. If that's not the job for you, more power to you. Go do your thing. I hope you're back on TV. I hope you're, I want to hear your opinion on Giannis. That's great. Um, but you kind of took a dump on Jeannie Buss. A <laughs> little bit. Yeah, you kind of took a dump At on her. At least like have a talk or yeah. give a heads up. He, they had a three-hour meeting earlier in the day and, and he said nothing. And didn't say anything. That's really weird. That's, I, uh, yeah. I When I, I and I did, love magic. Like, that's my guy. I mean. But even that, I was like, yeah. Like, that's not the story to me that he quit or that he wants to go do other things or that he can't do it while he's president of Bas The story to me is that he gave everyone zero heads up. <laughs> right. And you just went like. Like Jeannie Buss, the owner what? of the Lakers, literally her phone lit up. Yes. And she's like, huh? Right. Who? That's how you find out. Like, that's. That was bad. That's not. That's not. That was unprofessional. Yes. 100%. Can't, <laughs> uh, indefensible. It's funny. Yeah. But you just like, dude, what are you doing? I was I had to check the date. I was like, like, is it April Fools are again? You, are you already packed up so when you just leave the podium you just grab your stuff and walk out? I mean I don't know, man. because what what are the exit interviews like now? What are you doing? Well, and there's you know, there's I think part of him he wanted to go back to being magic. I think he oh, wants to, I, I think he wants to talk the game. I think there was LeBron fatigue. I don't think he liked all the criticism that was coming their way. Okay, but did he set out to do this right when it happened or it's like I've been knowing this for a long time at least have a like hey, just to give you a heads up, I'm tired on all these accounts and these fronts and I can't do it or whatever and well, there was and I'm sure if you said that to them they they would have gotten it. Well, there was a story that came out that said that he wanted to fire Luke Walton. And he wanted to fire the GM, and she told him no. Okay. She is categorically denied that, she being Jeannie Buss. Right. But again, who knows? Um, but it was just very weird. Very weird. Very Last thing I see, I'm watching uh, I'm watching D. Wade videos on Twitter, and You're, I see Dirk crying geez, when they run a video for him. And, and Dirk finally, officially announces mm -hmm. last night he's done. Um. You know, I got a little, I got a little Saw nostalgic. Yeah. You know, watching some of this stuff, and I mean, look, I've been following Wade since '01 when he got to Marquette. Um, I became a, you know, the Heat became my second favorite team mm -hmm. when he was drafted by them. Um, he's been a great player. He's probably the fourth best shooting guard of all time, F first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, same thing with Dirk. I mean, these guys are two of my favorites. I love Dirk. He's been a great ambassador. Second best foreign player ever behind Akeem. Um, glad he finally won a title. And, um, you know, the thing with these guys is kind of cool. Wade got his first ring against Dirk when the Mavs blew a 2-0 lead in the 06 finals. And then Dirk turns around in 2011 and beats LeBron and Wade for his title when they gag away the finals. So, <laughs> you know, both those guys, a lot of intertwining with their careers and, um, they're going to be missed. You know, I mean, I'm 38 years old. I was a junior in high school when Dallas drafted Dirk. Think about that, man. That's, that's a long time. That's a long time. Yes, it is. 21 years with the same team. I don't, that's a, it's a record. I don't think that'll ever happen again. Probably not. I mean, Colby was 20. I think Kareem, well, Kareem played 20, but he, he had the first five or six with the Bucs. Right. But, you know, I mean, you know, God, even if Giannis stuck around with the Bucks his entire career, he'd have to play till he was 40. And he doesn't have the chops to just sit back on the outside. I don't and, know. I don't think so. Yeah. So, you know, tonight's both their last games. I don't know that either of them are on TV, but, you know, check it out if they are. And 
You know, unfortunately, there, neither of them. Tomorrow. Fortunately, neither of them are making the playoffs. Um, <laughs> so this is it tonight. Yep. Miami was eliminated last night, but uh, um, pretty pretty cool, uh, unique players. Mm-hmm. And and then lastly, I I did saw I saw something today. Uh, the NBA and the Players Association are discussing ending the one and done uh, by the 2022 draft. Yes. So that's three years from now, three years from this summer. So uh, be interesting to see how that plays out, you know? Yeah, the one and done is always one of those things. Like somebody talked about Virginia and how um, they didn't really like Tony Bennett because he doesn't recruit like really big superstars. And I'm like, well, you know, somebody does like Tony Bennett because he recruits the guys that go and graduate and get meaningful degrees. Because anybody who's a one and done that's just going right to the they're not you're not going to Virginia. No, no, that, that, that that's not a destination that's not, place. No, that's not the way they you, build their program. You've got your Kentuckys, your Dukes, your North Carolinas. You know, throw mm-hmm. in some other ones, the Kansas. Nobody really on the West Coast. Not really. Not Arizona, really. a couple, but okay. not a lot. Um, I mean, if you want Michigan State's maybe couple, but, yeah. um but I mean not other, consistently right other than right. that it's usually you know your your three blue bloods of UNC Duke well, North even, Carolina even it's Roy like, Williams is kind of backed away from that. I mean the last four champions so you got Virginia, North Carolina and the two Villanova squads, they've really been mostly juniors and seniors mm-hmm. on those teams. Um and we kind of saw it in the Duke uh Michigan State, State. game. It, that game got tight at the end, and those freshmen gagged. Yep, they gagged. I mean, R.J. Barrett crapped his pants at the end, and then he misses a free throw. Um, you know, they should have lost the game before to uh, Virginia Tech. They sh- definitely should have lost before that to South Florida. So the fact that Duke even got that far was kind of a miracle. <laughs> but I don't know. I, I I thought that I thought the Final Four. I thought the Elite Eight was great. The games were really, really entertaining. They were close, very controversial. Mm-hmm. Um, I that that Purdue t- uh, Virginia game was nuts. I've never seen a game end that way. Um, the Duke Michigan State game was really good, really high comp- high caliber teams. Um, I thought the Final Four was competitive. Yep. It was interesting. Um, the closeness of the games made it entertaining. Yes. I did not think the basketball was very good. It was a lot of turnovers and missed shots, especially in that national championship game. The first ten minutes were brutal. <laughs> the, at the first TV I timeout, it was I three to two. Saw the score. Yeah. I think at halftime, and I went, "Yeah, what?" They picked it up a little in the second half, um, but you know, not a great year for college basketball. No, there was really no great team. Even the tournament was kind of, eh. There wasn't any. Monumental upsets. No, there, 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 there was no Cinderella that somebody could ride all the way to the either the Elite Eight or the Final Four. I, I mean, you had a lot of close games, but it seemed like the the better team won them. You know, that's generally how it was. So, um, um, I mean, it doesn't mean it wasn't entertaining. I, right, you right. Know, I, I was entertained, but but yeah, the one and done things uh, is interesting because I, you saw Duke and Kentucky this year. Both, I, I think Kentucky got about. I didn't think they were their typical Kentucky. They got probably as far as they should have. Duke probably should have made the Final Four, but you know, I don't know, man. Like I said, those the last four champions, a lot of upperclassmen. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think this one and done has finally got gotten to the point in, in college where it's really started to affect some of these teams kind of negatively. For, right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, if you watch Duke, they couldn't shoot. No. 
and they couldn't defend. And, I mean, historically, that's the two things that freshmen usually aren't good at is shooting and defending. Um, and it came back and bit him at the end. And, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, Coach K kind of sold his soul going this one-and-done route. He never really did that. Um, you know, he's got four. I think he's got, what does he got, four, five titles? Five titles. I, four of them are with regular teams. So I, I guess I've always been of the belief that if you if you think you're good enough to go play at that level, you should have the freedom to try and explore playing at that level. Yeah, and I and I think the same is true, especially for football, because your career is so much shorter. Yeah, like if you have the chops to do it now, get in, make your money, make your mark, and get out yep. before your body is ruined. Because how many guys do you see that try just try to stay too long and it winds up, you know, literally killing them mm-hmm. in the future because they either wanted to stay to for more money, they just love playing or whatever. But if you start earlier and you're younger when your body is not as brittle, I mean that and that's different at football. And I realize they have what do you need to be you need to three be three years out, yeah. I think. Three years out so, of high school, yeah. Yeah. Um I don't know. I, I, I think it's – and I always liked it when I was growing up. I wasn't that big of a basketball person, but when you had the Garnets and, you know, some of the other guys that are just going straight out of high school to to, to the pros, you're like, oh, a high school player. This should be interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, like that. And then you, then you find so many of them that get to be superstars because you're probably not going to the NBA unless you're a bona fide superstar. Right. Somebody has labeled you that for a while. There's no way I'm going to college. I'm going to the pros. Mm-hmm. And usually it tends to work. It tends to work out, um, and and usually they were really good players. So I guess I don't I don't really like the fact that he's no, you're not allowed. You're not allowed in the club yet. You need to go. You know, serve your one year over there before you're you're let in. Well, and the thing I miss the most as a fan is like getting able to see these guys grow as players. Mm-hmm. You know, they were asking the question on I don't know one of the one of the shows like. You know, who is Zion the most, is Zion the best Duke player ever? Well, no. Not even, uh, no. I mean, he played, For, he played like 20 games. I was going to say, you can't, how can you compare that? Well, and that's because it's the body of work overall that you're going to look at. Well, and it's they like, kind of were, it basically comes down to Christian Leitner, Grant Hill, Johnny Dawkins. Like, those okay. are the three best players ever to play at Duke. And like, Dan Patrick had Grant Hill on the other day, and he asked him that. And Grant Hill's like, well, what does that even mean? Because he's like, Christian's the most decorated. He was a two-time player of the year in the country. He, won, he went to four Final Fours. He went back-to-back titles. You know, Grant Hill's the best athlete. Mm-hmm. Um, Johnny Dawkins was probably the most important because he was like the first five-star they got. I mean, yeah, Zion jumps the highest and... <laughs> Dunks the hardest, <laughs> but like you're comparing 20 games of him as an 18 year old to Leitner's senior year as a 22 year old when he goes 10 for 10 from the line and 11 for 11 from the field in a regional final and hits the buzzer beater. Like, how do you co- you can't compare that? No, but that's what you kind of miss as a fan where it's like you could turn Indiana on and like you're like, oh yeah, that guy's a senior now. I remember when he was a freshman. That's right. You know, and I and I get locally. I think that's why. Badger basketball is so popular because these guys they stick stay, around because they stay. And you it's got like, to watch Ethan right. Happ grow, and and because he got beaten up all the time by by Kaminsky, correct? And that's what he would say year in and year out. It's like playing against him, you learned a lot, you did a lot, and it's paying off. Yeah, but 
after two years when he would have left, like it wouldn't have been such a good story. It wouldn't have the, people latch you on to the guys, him. right? Like if you're just a Flash casual the fan, and, right? You wouldn't really remember, like right. Mar- like the casual Marquette fan will not remember the Henry Ellenson season. I fr- I actually forgot about he it. He will not remember yeah, it. That's right. But they will remember all four years that Lazar Hayward and Jarrell McNeil and Wes Matthews were there. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. I just kind of missed that. All right. Oh, what else what we got else here? Um, we're close. We talked about Zion. We're a in on the bit. hour mark right now. You got? I ain't got nowhere to go. No. Go home and watch the Bucks reserves <laughs> <you> tonight. <laughs> um, just, just sticking to Zion. Okay. He's probably the best prospect we've yeah. had since Anthony Davis in 2012. Okay. Um, you had him in 12. You had Derrick Rose in 08. Durant in 07. LeBron in 03. Those are probably the four best of the century, I guess. Okay. And Zion's going to be right there. Um, Brian Windhorst is writing a or wrote a book about LeBron and his business uh, that just came out, and and he was doing an interview about it. And I read some excerpts when LeBron was eighteen. This is really cool. This is pretty interesting. So LeBron is a high school senior, and he knows he's going pro. He's already declared, and now it's time to get a shoe contract. First team he goes and meets with is Reebok. And he wasn't crazy about Reebok, um, but he took the meeting. They offered him a $100 million contract, I think a 10-year $100 million contract, which was the biggest of all time at that point. And they offered him on the spot a written, signed by the CEO, $10 million check. They're like, here, sign with us, here, right now, it's yours. Go, Go do what you want. He turned it down. Like, imagine being 18. And be thrown $10 million. And you turn it down. So he turns it down, and he goes and he does, you know, he does more interviews and whatnot, and I'll spare that whole story. But he ends up signing a 10-year, $87 million deal with with, uh, Nike, um, which kind of became the benchmark. And there have been guys that have signed bigger deals. But it's kind of interesting with Zion is, like, you know, who's going to sign him? Yes. And for how much? Does that whole... Shoe gate thing where he where his Nike out blew up. Yes. Does that affect anything? Well, Does that make Nike up the ante? Stock went down afterwards a little bit. I think they've probably made it back since then, but it did, and that leads me into my next okay thing here. Uh, I think this article is about two weeks old because this was on last week's rundown, and I just kept it on for this week. Okay, but I read a Bleacher Report article. Uh, Boy, they're a, a it Democratic senator from Connecticut named Chris Murphy. Has written a I don't I don't know if it's called a bill, but he wrote like a report that submitted to Congress about pay paying college athletes. Okay, and in the article he said his his breaking point was the Zion thing. Shoe. Yep. And this guy is from Connecticut, so huge basketball fan, big Connecticut women's basketball fan, supported the Jim Calhoun men's teams. Um, but it was really interesting some of the things he talked about. Um, you know, one of his things, he, he he thinks that kids should be able to, to profit off name and likeness. Totally agree. Um, we've talked about that, yep. you know, whether it's uh, selling your jersey in the bookstore or a video game. Showing at the mall and charging five bucks yeah, for an autograph. Any of that. Um, you know, but by doing so, then you get into the Title IX implications. Mm-hmm. And, and he talked a little bit about that. But it, it kind of got me thinking, you know, if something like that were to change where you could do the name and likeness, well, you know, h- how would you do that? I think the best way... And and you could stay away. It, I don't know. 
I don't know all the Title IX rules, obviously, but (laughs) if you just kind of created like a free market system where nobody was paid to go to the school, but once you got there, you you could you treated it like a lemonade stand, like whatever I can get, I can get. Um, If Reebok wants to pay me to wear their shoe, fine. Uh, If a car dealership wants me to be in their commercial, fine. Let it just be a free market, and you get what you get. And, I mean, you hear all this stuff now, especially in politics, about equality and equality of opportunity and everybody should be afforded. Well, there you go. Here's your opportunity. You know, women's basketball players, um, if you think that as professionals you should make more money, great. Here's your chance. Fill your arena. Do autograph signings. Whatever you want to do. See how many people come. Maybe you get 10,000. Maybe you get 100. But whatever you get, you get. Um, I don't know. I, I just think something has to happen. Interesting. I don't think the NCAA will never, ever, ever, of ever, ever, not. ever, ever pay their athletes. No. It's not going to happen. There's there's tax reasons and government. Because they're a nonprofit. There's all kinds of yes. stuff that has nothing to do with sports that will prevent that from ever, ever happening. But... Um, I just don't. These guys getting hurt, and like you said, with the football, and, yep. you, and you can't go pro right away. I mean, you look at a guy like Ryan Shazier. I mean, imagine if he could have come out after his freshman year. I think at Michigan State was that where he was at. I think it was Ohio State. Ohio State. Imagine if he could have came out and he had three more years of money. Yep. Now that he'll never play again, right? You know that he can't get back. He didn't even get to profit off of his likeness in college to make any money. So. I don't know. Something's, I like that idea. Something's got to change. I mean, I like the, I like the doing your your own thing. Um, I like that a lot because if somebody it, wants to give a hundred grand to the swim team, god damn it, do it. Right. By all means. Yep. Go ahead. But the lacrosse team can't cry about it. Go find your own guy go to find, give you a right. hundred grand. If you want, yeah. If you want people to go out and find you know money on your guy's behalf, that's fine. Um, I, I there there's some and some I. Can't remember who the tweet came from that I read. It's like totally understand that it's really complicated to figure out a wage scale for players based on talent level, what school you're at, what sport you're playing, what position you play, how good you are, and how often you play. Like there, there's there is a, a giant tons of equations in there to try and figure this thing out if you're going to pay your players. And you'll never be equal. Correct. It's impossible. And there's going to be so much inequality that that's going to probably create just as many problems um, as if you don't do it. But the fact that a player can't go and sit at a mall and have people line up and make money to sign a piece of paper, a picture, or pose for a photograph, or Whatever, people buy the jersey, can you sign my jersey? The fact that they can't do that for themselves on their free time is wrong. It's un-American. It's just not right. Flat out un-American. Why can't I do that? Why? Give me a good reason why. Any idiot in this country can sell anything they want on Facebook Marketplace or eBay, but they can't? It makes no sense. And it's and, you're, and, you're basically an indentured servant. And, I hate the word when they call people slaves because right. I mean somebody no, that, that's you're still ins- get you're still getting free school. That's insulting. And if to, you call somebody right. a slave, go go read a history book. Right, you dumb shit. <laughs> no, I I mean I have the problem, and you know, fine. The NCAA, if if EA Sports wants to use your your jersey and your and your likeness, 
I don't have a problem with the video game pump company playing the paying the player that no. say, hey, we want to pay you X amount of money so we can use your thing. And that's, we want the game. That's on EA Sports. We want the game. That has nothing to do with the NCAA. That that's on the player. We want to use your likeness. Right. Leave them out of it. Right. It's yeah. just oh, yeah. just A to B. Yep. That's, I agree. Th- that's all it is. I agree. I, I, I so I if the if the if I a like badger if a badger lineman is offered twenty thousand dollars and he thinks he should get fifty, EA can say, well, you know, take a hike. Then you're not we, in the game. We want to give you a car to be the face of our car dealership right. for however long you're in school. The coach can do it. Right. Bo Ryan, Brett Bielema, and 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 Paul Christ have done it for years yep. up there. Barry Alvarez. Yes. But players can't do it. No. Stupid. I, no. All right, right, just to wrap up, sure. Howard and uh, Marcus Howard and Ethan Hap, both second team yep. AP All Americans, so that's pretty cool. And uh, Buzz Williams uh, left Virginia Tech to take over at his alma mater, I was Texas say, A&M. That's where he was. Yep. So I mean, I get that. I it just seems SEC basketball to Texas A and M from playing in the ACC. Yeah, it's it's I, it's a little step down in conference that, that's for sure. What, that's what I think. But he's for you know, but maybe he has a chance to compete with some of the. I mean, you know, really build up that place to be, and that's home for him. So right. I get it. There's been a little bit of uh, wojo to Virginia Tech buzz that I heard last week, but uh, that seems to have quieted down. So. I am a big fan, and I have been watching of where all these coaches go, like the UCLA trying to grab. <laughs> Whoever they can get, except they don't want to pay anybody. But it's been hysterical, yeah. Because they, well, Jamie Dixon was basically out, the, out door, the door, and they couldn't agree on a buyout. Yeah, I'm like that's what's holding you up. Yeah, they talked. They even whispered something to Coach Cal. Hey, we got a really good contract, and he goes back to Kentucky. Uh, hey, I got this thing. You're locked up for life. Right. We want you for however long yeah. you want to coach. You're 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 <laughs> with us. Fine. I want Calipari's agent. Right. Man, I mean, how easy was that for him? Like, That's well, some that, serious leveraging. That was easy, right? They tried Barnes, he didn't go. So, it's, I mean, and now they got the dude from Cincinnati. Yep, yep. <laughs> like, yeah. Who's what? Their fifth choice? Well, I, I had I had heard that UCLA is kind of notorious for lowballing their their coaches, so. All right, maybe that's why their program has stunk for it's the last twenty five years, and it's a storied, yeah. storied program. But anyway, well, right, I went to bed. To la- well, I went to bed last night, and it was, it was eight to seven, and I woke up and they lost eleven to eight. Yeah, so, yeah. Brewers uh, still off to a really good start. Uh, they won their first three divisional series, and now they go out west and they're getting rocked a little bit. Um, Trout got hurt last night. I don't yeah. know how bad it is. I don't think he's playing tonight. Yeah. Um, and then, and then you got the Dodgers this weekend, and then you're back to the Cardinals because this is the first of the, what, 10 of the first 20, or no. What, what, what did you say it was? 10 of the first 21 games against the Cardinals or whatever yeah. it was? Well, yeah, they got the Dodgers this weekend, and then they go home, and they play the Cardinals, and they play the Dodgers again. Then they're completely done with the Dodgers yes. by, like, April 20th. And those are the two best teams from last year in the National League. Yeah. Which, the scat. Yeah. At, at every level, I just don't understand scheduling. Strange, isn't it, it? Whether it's to pros, to college, to high school, I just don't understand. I don't I don't get, and I'm sure there's a lot of involved and there's a lot of computer programs and spit things out and formulas and whatever, but when you get the end result and you would think somebody would go through it and go down the line like, yeah, we can't really do that. Right. That doesn't seem right. right. It doesn't seem like nobody does that. You just put it into a computer, it spits it out, and somebody grabs and says, here you go, it's final. Mm-hmm. What? You think you check it afterwards? Be no. This doesn't make any sense. <laughs> I don't know. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm but with you, man. I'm it, with you. It just doesn't seem like anybody does that. So, mm-hmm. um, Freddie Peralta got 
rocked. Well, last he's got to figure this first inning stuff out. Well, he had the same problem last year. You but know. he's he last week he just threw eight shutout innings. Congratulations, you beat the Reds. Well, the only thing the Reds have hit this year is the Pirates' faces. <laughs> oh, that was a fun brawl. I, which, by the way, can somebody put a muzzle on Puig though? Oh. God, can that guy be stupider? He he. I'm like not, everything in that fight, say something really bad. Everything though. in that fight had completely died down, and then he has to go all, you know, big tough guy on yes. everybody, and like it's like, what are you doing? I still wouldn't want to mess with the guy. Oh I mean, I no! Mean, I, if if there's a fight, I want him on my team. Sure, but he's, he's nuts. He's a meathead. He's crazy. Yes, yeah, he is. But yeah, back to Peralta. Yes. though. He, you know, six six runs last night gets through three and a third. I think he gave up like four or five his first outing of the Cardinals, mm-hmm. got through three. He had this problem last year. Um, with the lack of, of quality in the Brewer bullpen this year, can't have those short starts, man. You got to no. give me five. Yep. You got to give me five. Injuries and quality, it's not, I mean, you know. And, and it, they had three it was, guys pitch last night for the Brewers that, I mean, I mean I'd be surprised if they're on the team. Well, they got the rid of, of Taylor year. Williams already. They sent him down because he was giving up a lot of runs. Yeah. And they brought up some guy that I had never heard of, yeah. But, but they signed in the off season, so it's like I, I That's, don't know. I'm worried about the uh, about the pitching. The bu- well, it's what we both thought. Bullpen coming into the year, the starters only got to get you to the you know through the fifth, and then you're golden. Yeah. Now it's like now you might have if- to now you might have to get to seven, and then have Hater pitch the rest of the game every <laughs> single time. Yeah, I don't, uh, I don't know. It, but and, and you put it offense at least. They're Been smacking good. the ball around. Yep. yep. I mean, but if if you get a couple more pitching performances, you probably even have a couple of more victories. Well, look, it, the the three guys that have struggled are Peralta, Burns, and Woodruff, and it's not totally unexpected. No, because, because they don't have a lot of big league experience. And for Burns and Woodruff, well, for Burns, it's his first time right. starting. For Woodruff, it's really his first time that he's earned the spot. And Peralta's twenty, what twenty two? Yeah. So they're going to have some growing pains. I get that, but you know, they give up twenty-four runs in two days to the Cubs. Yes, they've given up like nineteen runs in two games to the uh, to the, the Angels. Angels. Um, you're going into Dodger Stadium this weekend against a team that hit what eight home runs on opening day. So we know they can rake. <laughs> um, I mean, Chassis's been good. Davies had a nice outing against the Cubs, but. You can't you can't be begging Hater to get nine outs for you every nope. every game. It's just too much. The guy's going to be burned out by the fourth of July. And, and you're you're already used up a bu- you already used a couple of guys last year that now maybe have figured into arm problems with Knable and Jeffress. I'll tell you what, man. Anytime anybody gets a hit off of Hater, it's an accident. Yeah, it I, is a straight accident. I would agree. I mean, he makes guys look. He makes all stars. Rizzo and Bryant and Baez and these guys, they look like little leaguers. Like, they don't even know what they're doing up there. Rizzo said as much in the in the paper after uh, the series. He's like, yeah, he's like, this dude is filthy. I mean, it's a lot of fun to go against him, but it ain't fun to walk back to the dugout, you know? Um, but, yeah, like you said, off to a good start. You know, it'd be nice to get one tonight and then, you know, get two out of three in L.A. and, yep. and, and go home for, for another sure. big win against the Cardinals next mm-hmm. week. Um, tradition unlike any other starts on Thursday. Yeah. Rory's the favorite. Um, funny I didn't see Fleetwood, and I mentioned that this morning because Vegas released the odds um in ESPN.com for their their chalk section writes a lot of gambling stuff. Mm-hmm. And they had listed, I think, the top 
maybe six, seven guys that are that are favored. I didn't see Fleetwood's name mentioned in there. His odds weren't great. Um, I think he's kind of struggled in uh, on U.S. soil okay. the last year and a half or so. I think that's kind of what drove him down. But um, I think I talked about it last time. But I got a couple. I got a couple bets on the Masters. I got uh, Spieth at twenty five to one. Okay, and I got Stenson at sixty to one. Wow. So uh, okay, and I believe Spieth is now all the way up to fifteen. So I got him at a pretty good number a couple of weeks ago when I placed that bet. So um, I was listening to. Uh, Cap and Company on ESPN 1000 a day when I was driving around before work. <laughs> they had Andy North on. They were mm-hmm. talking about the Masters. <clears throat> Some dude in Vegas this week went into a casino and laid 85 grand on Tiger to win. Lord. It pays out 1.2 million. Good luck. How can you even watch? I couldn't. There's no way. No way. Like you said, even at the early games in watching in a sports book, and I saw a tweet from somebody on how people, even in the early games in the NCAA tournament watching in a sports book, is a completely different experience if you've never done it because there's so much on the line, even for the minor games and so much going on in game that people are living and dying on every shot, steal, rebound, miss shot, turnover, whatever, that everything seems to be the biggest point of the game all the time. Oh, yeah. And now you expect me to lay that much money on a tournament and stick with watching it? I would have a heart attack on the first day. Do you think that the sports books were going going a little crazy Saturday night when that dude followed uh, Kyle Guy in Virginia? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. I what I would have given to have been there for that. Mm. That would have been... People would have been losing their minds. Yeah. Thou- hundreds of thousands of dollars. Oh, yeah. For sure. Gone. On, on a foul, no double dribble, Whew. and then a foul in the corner. Yeah. Yeah, one, one last thing on college basketball. Okay. Too, too many blown calls and just these replays. Oh, my Slowing God. it down. Just bogs these things down. Slowing it down. And now they, I mean, we didn't even talk about the NFL, I don't think, did we? About now they're expanding to. I think we did. Did we? I can't I mean, it's. But it's like you had you had mentioned like you you commit a certain amount of time to a game, and now it's winding up being a half an hour hour behind. Well, the one they changed in the national championship game in the last minute of overtime, when the guy from Virginia knocked the ball out of the Texas Tech kid's hand, but they ended up changing the call off Texas Tech because the ball like nicked his pink. It's like that's not would that's not get what the, this is. Would you rather get the call right or? But I don't even think it's right because right. by that logic, every time I slap the ball out of your hand, it's probably hitting you last. Right. Huh? <laughs> it makes no sense. I'm I'm not. I mean, I'm all for accuracy, but we need to we need to rein this in a little bit. I'm all for accuracy in horseshoes and hand grenades, that's all. It's a fitting place to end. You're welcome, Coach Suter. That is the intentional foul for this week. We will try to be back on next week. I think I, that, that can happen unless you I, Fall asleep again. No, I'll be, I should be good. All I should right. be good. Unless the Bucks are playing in the playoffs, we'll have to right. check the schedule. We'll, we'll have to, we'll, we'll have see. to record on a non-Bucks playoff night. But uh, yeah, I have had a few ideas thrown our way about possibly getting some guests okay. on. You know, we'll talk I like about it. that. We'll try and do that. Try and figure out anybody that would be worth having on. Well, um, that can they is... can hang out with big shots like you and I. Oh yeah, talk sports nerd stuff for an hour. I'm Aaron Rodgers. I'm I'm a big shot in my own mind. 
Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Josh Goldberg. He's on Twitter at Dan Saunders 104. Follow us at Podcast Foul. See, I said my Twitter handle this time. I didn't just say my name. <laughs> Uh, Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. If you do all those, that's great. And uh, hopefully we will see you next time. Go Bucks. Go Brewers. There it is. Thank you, Tyler Dunn. (laughs) 